0: It's film week on LA's 89.3. Earlier, we heard our critics' reviews of writer director Christopher Nolan's new movie Oppenheimer. It's based on the Pulitzer Prize winning book American Prometheus, the triumph and tragedy of J. Robert Oppenheimer. It's a three hour epic that Nolan has made, shot in 65 millimeter IMAX and large format with powerful effects and an intense historical drama where the stakes couldn't be higher. Christopher Nolan, it's great to have you with us today on Film Week.
1: That's great to be here.
0: Share with us your attraction to the book and adapting the complex life of Oppenheimer to film. What sold you on making this movie?
1: I've been interested in Oppenheimer for a lot of years. Um, you know, he he's a figure from my childhood, really. Uh, you know, I think of Sting's song, Russians, that came out in the 1980s when I was a teenager, where he referred to Oppenheimer's deadly toy, meaning the atomic bomb. And then over the years, I'd learned various things about him, one in particular that I included in dialogue in my previous film, Tenet, which was this uh, fact that Oppenheimer and his fellow lead scientists on the Manhattan Project, in the build-up to Trinity, they realized they could not completely eliminate the possibility of a chain reaction from the test they were about to conduct that would set fire to the atmosphere and destroy the entire world. And yet they went ahead and pushed that button And that, to me, was literally the most dramatic situation I've ever heard of. So I sort of fell into, you know, interest and increasing interest with Oppenheimer over the years. And then when I came to the book American Prometheus by Kai Bird and Martin Schoen, it offered everything. Uh, It's 25 years of of research and writing. It won the Pulitzer Prize. Uh, It's an incredibly well-written, authoritative account of Oppenheimer's life. Uh, and so it it gave me the confidence to work from that book. Gave me the confidence to take on this. Uh, very dramatic and incredibly complicated story.
0: Your lead actor, of course, is, you know, your film is going to rise and fall on the ability of that actor. And um, what led you to Killian Murphy, someone with whom you'd worked in a number of films, but what led you to believe he had the ability to portray this person who was charismatic, uh, brilliant, had a theatrical side, um, a very tough character to play?
1: a very tough character to play and i wanted him to play it in such a way that he would take the audience into the viewpoint of oppenheimer i actually wrote the script in the first person so instead of stage directions didn't read oppenheimer came in he sat down at his desk they read i came in i sat down at the desk that's the script that i handed killian um i've known him for 20 years. Uh, as soon as I started working with him on, on Batman Begins, it was clear to me that he's one of the great actors of his or any generation. And I don't think of actors while I'm writing the script. Um, I try to to not write to things that actors have already done. I try to be pure you know, to the process of, of creating new characters. Uh, or in the case of Oppenheimer, I'm writing historical fact. I'm writing you know, people who actually lived so I can have them in my mind as I'm writing, as as that creative journey takes place. And then when I'm finished, I'm looking at the book American Prometheus with this photograph of Oppenheimer with his intense blue-eyed stare, and I think, well, I know who can do that. Um, and Killian has that tremendous ability, that empathetic ability to open up the thoughts of a character and the emotions of a character to the audience so that they can come with us on the, on that journey.
0: Did you know from the beginning looking at the the first uh footage that you shot that that you had it right that he was the right person?
1: I think I think I knew that that we'd be okay. You know, I knew that Killian in in the sense of just being a terrific craftsperson, you know, he, he we had a safe pair of hands, we're all good, but it wasn't until I got in the edit suite that I realized that this creative ally of mine, who'd been such a, a productive presence on set, um, the professionalism, the ease of communication because we've worked together for so long uh, on films, never with him as the lead, uh, but this time I'd been able to make that call and say, this is the one, you take centre stage. So the shoot had been um, a complicated shoot with a lot, a lot of interesting energy to it, um, and I felt good about what he was doing. But it wasn't until I got in the edit suite that I saw that that he had truly created um, a genuinely remarkable performance, uh, the type of performance that does not come along uh, every film uh, by any means. And um, every time I see the film, uh, I see different nuances that he's bringing to it, different layers. This is a very, very complicated human being that he's portraying. And I think he, he really does that justice.
0: We're talking with Christopher Nolan Oppenheimer, his new film, out today. Earlier on Film Week, our critics reviewed the movie. If you'd like to hear those reviews, well as all the others, just go to alais.com or you can download the podcast wherever you get your audio. Chris, uh, let talk about the rest of the cast. Robert Downey Jr. with such an important role here as Louis Strauss, uh, a, a foil to, to Oppenheimer, and your decision of, of casting him in this role. What went into that?
1: What went into that was always having been an admirer of Robert Downey Jr.'s. You know, I, I've watched with admiration over the last... You know, a uh, few years as his charisma as a movie star has spoken to the whole world uh, and, and obviously been impressed and, and you know, wondered at that. But particularly directors, they they know that this is one of the great actors as well. And it'd been a long time since we'd seen him lose himself in a character and. Lewis Strauss is a very important figure in Oppenheimer's life, and the relationship between them has these incredible sort of twists and turns it's got this this really multi-layered set of contradictions in the way they relate to each other and where that, that leads and it becomes so important for the fate of the entire planet uh, <laughs> that you know that's a tall order so for me to be able to to convince. Downey to come and, and just lose himself in a, in a character, a character that he really connected with, uh, saw his point of view entirely, and, and portrays the truth of that. Uh, it was it was a really fun thing to be a part of. It was fun to work with him, and it was amazing to, to just watch him create.
0: The Strauss is really front and center in the latter part of the film where we see Oppenheimer go through the post-Trinity, uh, post-Manhattan project. Um, Semi-trial to keep his uh, security clearance that he had had, and and um, just a very prominent performance there. But a great cast all around: Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Florence Pugh, Josh Hartnett. Uh, a terrific cast assembled by Christopher Nolan in Oppenheimer wanted to ask you about the locations for the film because um New Mexico, Los Alamos, of course, where the Manhattan Project was based, and everything constructed there for the Manhattan Project, and of course, a huge government facility uh, to this day what if 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 any significant challenges did you face in uh, going to the actual locations and doing
1: this? well, I think um there were a lot of different challenges depending on which areas you're you're talking about. Um, we weren't necessarily going to shoot in the real Los Alamos at all. Uh, I had been there uh, with one of my sons the summer before when I was researching the the project and realized it's a very modern town. As you say, it has a has a laboratory, a very modern facility now, I and mean, there's a Starbucks there and all that stuff. Um, so I had sort of written it off, but but my designer Ruth DeYoung as we looked into the practicalities of building our own Los Alamos, which we had to do uh, on a mesa nearby uh, to show the original state of of the wilderness that they went into uh, to to build this community, to to build the atomic bomb, Uh, I had wanted to do interiors and exteriors on the same set. Uh, We couldn't afford to do the interiors that way. And so Ruth went to the real Los Alamos and, and realized... That there are so many great interiors there, so yes, we couldn't do our yeah. exteriors there. But Oppenheimer's house, the house that Kitty and Robert lived in for those three years, is was there and available and untouched, really, from wow. from the nineteen forties. Uh, so Killian Murphy and Emily Blunt they got to tread the floorboards that, that the Oppenheimers trod on, you know, when they were they were living there, and that connection with history. Um, Fuller Lodge, the the meeting place where Uh, the scientists would have their Christmas parties, things like that, um, which is a very important location in the film. You know, we got to go to the real place and, and I think those kind of things shooting at the real Institute for advanced study where um, Oppenheimer and Einstein uh, were there for so many years. It was just wonderful to connect with history in that way. It, it gives you, it gives you confidence, um, you know, that you're, you're on the right track, uh, you know, and, and you, you feel a connection with the events you're trying to portray,
0: and gives such a sense of place to the audience. Really immerses you in it. And I loved, uh, you know, Caltech plays a role here, and and um, Pasadena looked totally authentic as well. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Pasadena. Luckily, basing the film in Los Angeles, it wasn't wasn't too tough to shoot in Pasadena. <laughs> it's a, a so lovely, many, lovely place to shoot. Always. And so many
0: TV shows and films, of course, make Pasadena its location. We'll continue with Christopher Nolan, his new film. Oppenheimer out now. It's film week on LA's 89.3. Support for LAs comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center presenting American Mariachi by Jose Cruz Gonzalez. It's the 1970s and women can't be mariachis. Or can they? American Mariachi is a feel-good comedy about familia, amor, and tradicion that will send your heart soaring and put a bounce in your step with a wave of vibrant, infectious live music. On stage through June 9th, tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. It's Film Week on L.A.S. 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle. One of the most eagerly anticipated films of the year is writer-director Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Earlier this hour, our Film Week critics reviewed the new film. You can hear that by downloading the podcast wherever you get your audio or at las.com. We're talking with Chris Nolan about uh, the challenges of making the film, what he brought to it to give it its sense of authenticity and the high drama that's part of the story that's told. And the nuclear explosion, the the Trinity test, that is is such an incredible sequence in the film. Um, Share with us, how long it took to 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 put that all together? I can't imagine the complexity of shooting that.
1: Well, we knew that the Trinity Test had to be a showstopper. Uh, it's, the, it's the hinge point of the film, the, the drama we portray. It's also, um, and we just passed the, the anniversary of the, the Trinity Test, um, it's the moment the world changed forever and will never change back. And so it was something we put a lot of attention in right from the beginning. Uh, a lot of attention to how we were going to build the tension around it. A lot of that, I think, is about the process, the process of what goes into um, assembling the device, building the tower, you know, putting the device up there, all of the security protocols, the safety protocols it went through uh, to try and conduct this, and all of the different things that could go wrong or could have gone wrong. Uh, not least the idea that they could have destroyed the entire world with with the test itself. So I, very early on, I showed the script to my visual effects supervisor, Andrew Jackson, and said to him, let's try and do this with no computer graphics. Let's take that off the table and let's look for analog methods that would have a bit more bite to the imagery. Um, we knew that this had to be absolutely beautiful, terrifying in equal measure, and so looking for real world solutions, some very microscopic, uh, you know, to portray large things, some uh, very large explosions with a lot of different mixtures of whether it's, you know, magnesium flares and, and uh, petrol explosions with black powder explosions, things like that. All of these different techniques coming to bear to produce this this complicated montage of, of how to get across the, the the beauty and and terror of what these these scientists were experiencing. And by using analog methods, um, by having real gigantic explosive events, you know, it meant we were out in the desert with the cast in bunkers, the way the scientists of the Manhattan Project would have been on on that night. Um, And obviously what we were doing had to be done very carefully and safely. Mm -hmm. So there's a tension around that uh, when you do those things on set that in some small way uh, i think gave us all a taste of what it must have been like to be to be out there in that desert um, on the on the night of trinity
0: i i can't imagine um you know, with all the safety protocols that you're describing working with explosives uh, able to do real damage uh, what when you actually uh, did detonations for this what that must have been like can you share how many times you you actually detonated to get the look of what you want
1: uh, quite a few. <laughs> there was, there's a fair amount of explosives uh, used and uh, because, of course, um, as you know from having seen the film, uh, the event has to be seen from a lot of different points of view. So there were scientists in the control bunker to to trigger the actual test. They were the closest, Oppenheimer and um, some others. And then there's Base Camp, which was another uh, five miles away from, from that bunker. Um, and then there's a position on the hilltop where a lot of the other scientists were, were watching from much further away. And one of the things we tried to do in the film was to, to get across the magnitude of the event, to try and see it from these different perspectives. And so it involved a lot of different, uh, a lot of different coverage, a lot of detail work, as well as the the large explosions from uh, very different points of view.
0: Well, and and with the large format you shoot on, and with um multi-channel uh, audio, it, it is mm. so immersive for a viewer sitting there and, and as though you're there in the bunker and the concussive sound and the light flash, all of that is extraordinary. And I just thought, how different would this film be? If, if you shot this to stream as opposed to large format mm. on a big screen, theatrical experience, It—it it, it just if you took the same script, it would not be the same film
1: no it it wouldn't i mean it's it's made for the big screen we've tried to to have an epic telling of, of the biggest story i i know of you know a story that that changed the world that that we all live in and always will live in and, and that's what cinema could do that's what the big screen can do and for me there's been too much of a tendency of late to try and divide movies into different categories that that we decide oh well that that requires the big screen that's for the small screen or whatever I think really movies can be anything they could take you anywhere they could put you in any time or place uh, and make you feel something and you know I think for me there was no question that this story should play out on the biggest screen possible
0: We're talking with Christopher Nolan, the writer-director of Oppenheimer, which opens today. And our Film Week critics uh, told us all about it earlier this hour, and we have the opportunity to talk with Chris Nolan about his film. Chris, just in closing, I wanted to ask about your wife, Emma Thomas, because she's a big part of your team working with you on all of Mm -hmm. your films. And to have in-house, so to speak, a collaborator on these projects, um, how does that change your work?
1: I'm, it's tough for me to answer how it changes my work because we've always worked together. So we've always Emma's been producing my films since we were students together in college, um, and so I've been fortunate to have a partner uh, working with me with you know an absolute focus on uh, you know getting the best possible telling of any particular story, and she's simply the the best producer there is. And so I'm I'm very lucky to be working with her in that in that regard and. Um, having, you know, a family atmosphere uh, to things. Um, you know, we work a lot with crew members that we've worked with for years and have real familiarity with and real affection for. Uh, that gets you through the tough times and, and feeling that you have support there rather than competing egos, uh, which can happen on film sets. Uh, it, keeps, it keeps things focused on... Uh, on the storytelling, on the film that we're trying to get on screen, and so I'm extremely lucky to have Emma and all the rest of the team that I get to work with. Um, you know, it's it, it makes my job much easier as a director, and it allows me to focus on the things that matter.
0: Chris, thank you so much for joining us on Film Week and talking about Oppenheimer, uh, an extraordinary achievement, and we appreciate your joining us to discuss it today. Thank you. That's Christopher Nolan, writer director of Oppenheimer. Great to have you with us for film week on LAS 89.3. A reminder, the entire program available for download wherever you get your podcasts or at LAS.com. Have a wonderful weekend.